0: What is that, what is that, what is it? They're eating her. That wouldn't do it at all. Oh, not oh, the bees. And then they're going to eat me. This isn't plans one through eight for Mother's Face. Not the bees. This is plan nine. Oh, hi, Mark. This <laughs> is the
1: one that works. You got
0: I think we need to do a series of movies that were either nominated or won Golden Raspberry Awards.
1: Probably. Is that really what they're called, Raspberry Awards?
0: Well, that's like the fold name.
1: I did not know that. Why is it called uh, a raspberry?
0: I would assume it's because when you don't like something, you go...
1: Oh. And you give
0: it the raspberries. Man,
1: raspberries get a bad rap, but, you know, they're really, they're pretty good.
0: I mean, so far, I've loved a lot of movies that we've talked about on here. Granted, we have not done too many. The only one that I can think of is uh, Showgirls.
1: Everyone loves to hate Showgirls.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, fun fact, this movie lost to the movie Strip Tease, which I think I had announced that we were going to do, and we did not do.
1: Hey, but we, we did this one, so you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, world.
0: 1996, 17th Golden Raspberry Awards, the same year that The Island of Dr. Moreau came out. Okay. So we did that. Apparently, the Blair Witch Project was nominated for one. Oh, we did Battlefield Earth and Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. The winner this year was Diana, the musical. Wow. A Netflix musical about Princess Diana. Yes.
1: I thought that was a real thing. What? A Princess Diana musical. It is. No, but like pre-Netflix. Like oh. I thought it was an actual thing.
0: Um, wow. Doesn't say that it was based on anything.
1: Well, it feels like it would have been.
0: Oh, they did previews for it.
1: No, I'm, I'm but I like. I don't think it
0: was like an actual. Okay. Oh, no, I think it was a live. Oh That's what gosh. I thought. Now I'm going to have to look this up.
1: That's what I thought.
0: This is just derailing the first part of our podcast. Uh, no
1: one even knows what movie we're talking about at this No, point. we haven't
0: even announced
1: it yet. Oh my gosh. This show's going downhill.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a recording of a stage performance.
1: That's what I thought.
0: Okay. I think I just found my next work from home movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. Sometimes more credit, sometimes less credit. I am Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we are talking about the 1996 Pamela Anderson movie, Barbed Wire, directed by David Hogan. And co-starring the guy from Star Wars whose name I can't remember because they have the weird... They have it in order of appearance. Mm. Tamira Morrison. It's got Udo Kier in it. Clint Howard's in it for a little bit. Oh, Clint. And let me just say up front, I had low expectations for this movie,
1: Mm.
0: and I loved it.
1: Nigel, I have to tell you something. Okay. I loved this movie (laughs) you told me you loved it i don't know what happened at the end i'm i i mean i know what happened at the end but like the overall beginning to end plot premise I, I don't understand. I'm not sure what was accomplished, and I'm not sure what they wanted to accomplish, but everyone seemed happy at the end, so I think all was well. I think...
0: I... Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so the first thing that is important to, te- to note... There are two important things to note about this movie. One, this movie is... Casablanca Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's more or less more more the exact same plot (laughs) as Casablanca except with instead of passports or visas or whatever it it was in Casablanca it's special contact lenses (laughs) two this is based on a comic book I think it was released by Dark Horse and there are very few similarities between the comic book and the movie because in the comic book, there's it's an alternate earth with superhumans and super technology
1: mm-hmm.
0: and basically an atom bomb, created this wormhole and gave people superpowers and she's still Barbara Kopetsky and they still live in Steel Harbor. She's still got a brother named Charlie. Um, but those are the similarities.
1: I really want to read the comic after watching this movie. I
0: actually meant to download the comic to read it over the weekend, but I forgot. Uh, She's still a bounty hunter of sorts um, in this movie, but let's talk about where the differences are. This okay. movie takes place in 2017 slash 2019
1: slash the future
0: slash the not too distant future past. <laughs> it kind of felt like I was looking at a photograph of things that happened five years ago. Yeah. You know, with all those retina scanners around, all the leather that everybody was wearing. One of the things I loved about this movie, here's the thing: I, I was I was thinking about this when we were watching a lot of movies this weekend. Mm-hmm. The nine there's there will never be another time like the '90s. Because there's just such a distinctive, I mean, you could say this about any decade of movies, but with the 90s in particular, there's just such a distinctive look and feel to the movies. It's like nothing they made in the 90s didn't have any campiness in it. I, I didn't say that right. I don't think... I can't think of a single thing that was made in the 90s that didn't have at least, like, a small level of camp to it in some way, shape, or form. Right. And I would love to hear... I would love to know why.
1: I mean, that's actually a good question. Like, what what was going on in the 90s where we were like, we just need camp? There's a... it, It was pretty high in the 90s. But you know what? I loved it. Yes. Here's what doesn't add up though. You had all these campy campy movies in the 90s but then you had like all the yelling music. Everyone was yelling in the 90s.
0: Well, no, but they that were was, also like That was more of like the early 2000s. Well this well, m- movie I mean, had a
1: lot of yelling music.
0: Yeah they had like a lot of the grunge stuff going on.
1: Right. Yeah lots of grunge in the 90s. Also, everyone kind of was, like, dirty in the 90s. Yeah. Like, even Pamela Anderson's hair looked very, like, unwashed slash unkempt in a lot of scenes.
0: Yes. But I think It that was like f- they was borrowed cool. a lot of the, like, weird hair from the 80s, but then added lots of leather and randomly tight and loose clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So I'm just looking at the 90s Oscar winner, best picture Oscar winners right here, because obviously like these are meant to be air quotes, the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And not going to lie, I'm looking at them. There is a lot of camp to some of them. Forrest Gump, a little campy. Silence of the Lambs kind of it still ha I mean I wouldn't say that it's campy but it still kind of has that like 90s feel to it. Oh yeah. Uh Braveheart for sure. Uh let's see. I haven't seen those. Titanic. And that's all I got for right now cuz we haven't seen the other ones. But uh let us know if you disagree with our assessment of 90s movies because I mean, that might just be an observation that we're making. Right. And obviously we didn't put too much thought into that assessment.
1: I think your question should be w- this week. One wor- word that describes 90 movies.
0: That's great. Describe 90s movies with an emoji. Yeah, there you go. Cause I like it. Because your brother thinks that if you ask people to respond with emojis that they're more likely to respond to things on social media.
1: I think it's true. Have you ever read a comment thread?
0: Well, I've asked people to respond <laughs> to the emojis before, and no one apparently likes us All right, you lazy on Instagram or Twitter. Little losers. So, Barbed Wire. It's got Pam Anderson. This is the second mm-hmm. big movie that she did. She was still shooting Baywatch at the time. Mm-hmm. Still doing Playboy. And later became an anti-porn activist. So you guys try to figure that one out. While still doing strip teases and stuff like that. So figure that one out. Uh, This movie was not good. Well, I mean, it was a good movie, but it was a very big flop. Mm -hmm. Huge financial flop. This movie, you watch this movie and you think, this movie did not do well. I don't know why. I mean, okay, basic template for a movie. It's got action. Mm-hmm. It's got... Nudity. Nudity. It's got large-breasted blondes with revealing clothing. <laughs> it's got spy gear stuff. Clint Howard and Udo Kier. And, like, decently cool fight scenes.
1: What? What is the- Joe Bob's thing? Boobs? Uh, boobs, blood, and beasts, beasts.
0: But I mean, like, this isn't really like a drive in movie like he would talk about. Like, no, I'm
1: just saying, like, it it meets, it meets his uh, it doesn't meet all three of his bees, but two out of three bees. It's got blood and boobs,
0: yeah. I mean, there could have been more blood, but I mean, for like a 90s R rated spy movie, Mm -hmm. I, I keep calling it a spy movie, but it's not even like that.
1: Like I said, I'm I'm not sure what was going on in the movie. I don't know. Maybe it was a spy movie. Questionable.
0: Yeah. So let's talk. uh, I'll give you a brief synopsis for this movie. I know that we've been neglecting to do that, but I feel like that's going to help our discussion. So it's an alternate 2017 slash 2019 because there are some discrepancies in the date in the movie. Uh, there has been a second American Civil War. You know what I, I I said this when we were watching this, but this is one of those really great movies that has an opening crawl to explain like the world that they're about to drop you into. But it was really nice of them to have somebody narrate it for yeah. you. Like you know, I don't want to look at words and have to read them.
1: Right, that's why I put on a movie.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, if I am gonna if I am gonna put on a wor- a movie that I have to read, you know, I am gonna watch like some. Asian cinema or you right. know, something French. Right. A foreign film, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's been an American, a second American Civil War over things. It's never really explained. The new... Uh, let me see. The world has been taken over by by the Congressional Directorate. Who are they? They're the bad guys, question mark. They, but they. it sounds like they're the people who are in power now.
1: Yes, that's definitely the vibe that I got.
0: And America <laughs> suddenly became Mad Max crossed with Nazi Germany.
1: Yes, also the vibe I got. But only in that... City? Question mark.
0: Well, okay. So we find out that Steel Harbor is the last free city in the United States. What does this mean? I don't know because it didn't really seem to be all that free, since they have a police force and
1: the the directorate
0: just kind of comes in and lays down the law when they want to, right? I guess they don't, but yeah, and they they kind of regulate things, but like they don't
1: yeah, I I was very confused about that. I, I don't know if this town is actually free. I'm starting to question
0: they they it's like they <laughs> painted the picture of like some wild West Mad Max world, but then they were like, um, but actually they can come in and do whatever they want. Right. Yeah.
1: I, mm, I think that maybe they didn't really understand what the word free meant because I think they were more under dictatorship than they would like to believe. Right. I mean, also like, what about the fat guy?
0: Well, because he's in charge of Things like <laughs> crime, like different crimes.
1: Well, shouldn't the uh, di- director person shouldn't he have just been able to boss the fat guy around?
0: Um, probably, but it's a free city, so I guess only her bar was under their
1: jurisdiction. jurisdiction.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Barbara Kopetsky, aka Barb Wire, she fought for the resistance during the war and has since given up. She's a bar owner mm-hmm. and she moonlights as a bounty hunter mm-hmm. and she the only uh the only side she serves now is money so whoever can give her the monies, which she always wants money in Canadian dollars, which was a very odd choice
1: right. Because they were in America. Right. Mm. Now,
0: it works out in the end because the doctor, Cora D, is going to Canada so she can give her the money and be fine in Canada. But at the same time, she didn't really seem to be planning on helping her with in the end so that's kind of that uh, but Barb's life gets turned upside down when her old love interest stumbles into her bar with his wifey Cora D and they're uh, looking for her help to get these contact lenses that will help them get to Canada Without any problems.
1: hmm
0: Because in the future...
1: <laughs> in the future. <laughs> because
0: in the future, uh, uh, you don't need a passport because every uh, you just look at your retinas. Right. Your retina scan for everything.
1: Which, I mean, makes sense.
0: Yeah. So that's a huge problem if you're on right. the run, mm-hmm. wanted by the bad guys, and they can recognize your retinas.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you know, Charlie does pose a good problem here.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. So Barb's brother is blind because he was blinded in the war. He was a resistance fighter. (laughs) The war. And, I mean, (laughs) that's how they refer to it through the whole movie.
1: I know. That's what I'm talking about. They're just like, yeah, there was this war. Yeah. I don't know what the war was about. Because, like, they're technically in the free city, right? So... Right. The war wasn't about the free city.
0: Yeah, I don't. How do you like, like it? What, like, are they still fighting the war? And like, right. that's the last city that to like fall.
1: I that was my understanding, but then, like I said, it seemed like it already fell because the dictator was there. Yeah. Or director.
0: Uh. Okay. Let's. Look at this real quick. For those of you who are interested, yes, this movie does open up with a Pamela Anderson striptease.
1: Which was very weird.
0: Yeah, it was uh, quite strange. I literally just want to find the opening crawl for this movie because I feel like that's going to answer so many questions. I don't think I'm going to find this, but... Just just so you know, if you Google barbed wire opening crawl, uh pretty much all that comes up is the striptease that she does.
1: Oh of course it does.
0: So yeah, we don't we don't know what the war was fought over. They keep referring to the war. We don't know why the city is free, even though it doesn't seem free. Mm-hmm. It seems like just a matter of time before the directorate takes over, if we're playing by Casablanca rules. Right. So, I mean, I guess, like, we could consider it free in that regard. But, yeah, it, it, like, it's almost like the movie wants you to get this idea that, like, she's got her bar, and, like, there's specific rules there, and she can enforce her own sort of law, and then you've got Big Fatso, and he's got his his own Thing that he's doing, and you he know, with Clint his like, Howard, and he's yeah, and then, his like, own thing. But like Clint Howard's a bail bondsman, right? Which, like, you would think that in like in this world, okay, that posits this like Mad Max esque dystopia,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, where a guy can be carted around in construction. <laughs> Uh, diggers I don't know what that's called right because he's so large Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and kind of do his own gangland thing quite literally out in the open Yeah, why do we need bail bondsmen or police or any of these other institutions of law enforcement when it seems that people enforce their own law especially when you got people just walking down the street with guns (laughs) <laughs> cuz part of the whole thing when they go to the hammerhead which is the bar that barbones is they got to drop their guns at the door you know like an old west saloon
1: right million like not millions but they have several guns on them not just one
0: oh yeah this this is a future in which people carry several large guns with them mhm mhm and
1: uh so it's clearly not safe
0: right this is not a safe world to live in mm mhm uh, so that's in okay. So, uh, her ex lover comes into her life, says, Hey, help us, we need these contact lenses. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confusing why the contact lenses got to where they are because she, because the guy that she was getting the bounty on. Mm-hmm. Had the contact lenses and she turned him into the bail bondsman because she got money for it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But then he turned up dead. And Clint Howard had the contact lenses. It was trying to get rid of them.
1: But his eyes are missing. Who? The guy that turned up dead. Kremps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because they thought he had the contacts. They took his eyes out.
1: Oh, because they thought like the contacts were in his eyes. Right. And but he, they, they thought
0: he was lying. Yeah, Right. Okay. Was, okay. 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 Yeah, but like maybe he was because he did have the contact. lenses. Right. Like that's how Clint Howard got them.
1: Right. Right. And then. True.
0: The whole time they're like, Barb, you need to help us. And she says, I need money but then comes up with this elaborate plan to sell the contacts, but not sell the contacts. And at the end of the day, she's just like Rick and has a heart of gold and is willing to help them. Yeah. So, oh yeah. And the reason that they want Cora D is because the government, hold on, let me make sure I have this correct. Uh, Created a bioweapon that was like super HIV and tested it on Kansas City.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And she had knowledge of that and needed to get to Canada to tell them how to stop it. Mm-hmm. So that's like,
1: I, I guess, like phones and letters are a thing.
0: Yeah well I mean if you're in a resistance you can't trust yeah the, you know what's interesting for like a future sci-fi movie they do a lot of just talking to each other like we need to travel great distances to get this information right actually that's an interesting thought in general in movies you don't really see a whole lot of spy like real spy craft going on where people are intercepting messages Mm -hmm. because in these movies they just I guess assume that people don't send messages right that it's all done face to face
1: right well maybe she was like the only one that knew how to put it together
0: yeah maybe I mean that that would be a good thing to like just trust with one person right who could right. die at any? Who second. could die,
1: and then your secret dies, and then your and skirt. then
0: the world dies from super AIDS or HIV.
1: Oh my gosh, that was also wild. That that's that was the thing.
0: Well, you know, you're coming off the '80s. Like, you know what? What else is this disease going to be other than super HIV? Yeah. Like, what's name that's a the, scarier I, disease uh... in 1996 okay. than HIV?
1: But what were th- were the directors then just trying to like not stop the spread?
0: Well, yeah, because they were the ones who made it, so, so they so they
1: wanted to kill off the whole population.
0: They wanted to use it to kill off po- parts of the population they didn't like.
1: Oh, okay. Because you know, so that's it how was you... a Nazi. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it was a Nazi thing. Okay, they were. Wa- I mean, in case you couldn't tell from their very authentic uniforms, <laughs> their sci-fi Nazi uniforms like it yeah they're the bad guys.
1: You know what would have made this movie so much better? Nothing. Well yeah. No, but space. <laughs> <laughs>
0: space Nazis.
1: Space Nazis. They're on a space planet. You have well, a space bar. I mean,
0: in the comic like they were supposed to be on an alternate earth with like aliens and stuff like
1: So, exactly. Space that's but, what they, sh- they should have ran with that.
0: Yeah. Space AIDS.
1: Space AIDS. Exactly.
0: <sighs> Man. I had a th- thought and now I forgot. Oh, yeah. Speaking of space things, remember the weird like dream stealing machine that they had at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. With that girl. Memory like, stealing. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess it was like a memory stealing mm-hmm. thing with that girl strapped into that like Tetsuo the Iron Man bikini that electrocuted right, her. Right. She kind of looked like some kind of weird Star Trek Borg knockoff. Mm-hmm. So the director has this machine that can steal your memories, but it only works off of visual information. So when they test it on Barb's brother, Charlie, later, because he ain't got no eyes, then they can't steal things from him. And he goes out like a champ.
1: He does. He does.
0: For a guy that spends his days pounding alcohol,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he had nine drinks in that opening scene with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like straight drinks, like yeah, straight just bourbon like, or something. Is yeah, just
0: think? nine. I mean, maybe that's a normal amount for people to drink, but that's more and than I care to seem drink. Like that. <laughs> so a guy who has a functional alcoholism problem, he, uh, you know, he goes out like a, a winner.
1: Mm-hmm. He does, and I am thankful that he didn't give up information like the girl did
0: yeah so when i was trying to think of like what are some interesting things that we can say about this movie Mm -hmm. other than just talking about how much we love it and apart from the opening crawl that kind of establishes this alternate 2017 At the time that we had watched the movie, I was like, this movie did a really terrible job of, like, over-explaining things and, like, kind of uh, just doing a bad job of showing instead of telling. You thought that? I did at the time, but when I was thinking about it and trying to think of examples on, like, obviously, John Wick is, like, the best example of this in recent memory. Mm-hmm. doesn't explain anything, but you get it just from watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, apart from saying, hey, there's a war and the bad guys are the congressional directorate. Movie doesn't explain anything. No. And no. while we poke fun at it for not explaining what this war was about.
1: You were in, like invest. Like, I mean, you as the viewer are invested. Right. Even though you don't know why. You don't know why.
0: Right, and it, it honestly doesn't matter what right. the war was at the end of the day. You got good guys and bad guys on all sides. Yeah. And actually, something I think this movie did really well was kind of point... I mean, you're so you obviously you're focused on Barb because the movie's called Barbwire. Wire. mm mm-hmm. uh, What?
1: I just thought about the... How she has antique barbed wire in her office Oh yeah and yeah she like, had like an antique
0: barbed wire
1: such a fun little thing th- that's just so fun yeah they really they really went all out with her name
0: yeah they had fun with it
1: and like she I mean she got a tattoo of it
0: I mean Pamela Anderson the actress not barbed wire right right because they didn't want to paint she didn't want them to paint it on her arm every day.
1: Pretty Which, I mean, commitment.
0: that that's a big commitment for a role. Right. Like, if there's anything that I won't say about Pamela Anderson, it's that she's lazy. She definitely yep. seems like a highly motivated, industrious lady.
1: And controversial opinion, but I thought she was a good actress.
0: I think her acting worked for this movie because she's supposed to be kind of like, aloof is not the right world, word but she is supposed to be kind of like a steely rebel with like you know but also kind of like a sex symbol so she's still got that like breathiness to the way she talks like i thought it worked like it's i
1: thought she did great yeah
0: i mean i'm not going to calling pamela anderson a good good actress is not a hill that i'm going to die on
1: well i can't Rightly judge her because I've only ever watched her in this movie, and I thought she was very good in this movie. I
0: mean, you've seen her in episodes of Home Improvement,
1: and she was fine in Home Improvement, too. Right? So, I mean, I, I think mean, she, she works with the actress? characters
0: that they cast her in.
1: She might be a good actress.
0: I'm not saying that she's a bad actress, I'm just saying I'm like calling her a good one is not a hill I'm going to die on. Well,
1: I think I might. <laughs> Okay. I might be becoming a huge Pamela Anderson fan.
0: Oh, f- I mean, we're definitely f- fans <laughs> after this movie. That that didn't take too long. <laughs> like, uh, I can't wait to watch. What's the other movie that we were going to watch? Uh,
1: the Blondes.
0: Well, yeah, we're going to watch Blonde and, Blom- Blonde and Blonder, but oh, Raw Justice mm-hmm. from our one of our favorite directors, David A. Pryor.
1: Can we talk about the, the well, wait, I have, can we talk about the sweet fight scene?
0: In a minute. Okay. I want to finish my I'm sorry. dang thought I'm from, sorry. like, I don't even remember what I was talking about I got, anymore. I
1: just got real excited. It
0: doesn't matter what the thing, like, you get the idea that there's, mm-hmm. like, there's no law and order, mm-hmm. primarily from barbed wire. Yeah, I can't remember. Where. We definitely got off track on I'm that. So sorry. And, uh, I'm so now sorry. Now I don't remember what I was saying anymore.
1: I had to talk about how Pamela Anderson's a good actress.
0: Uh, okay. I mean, we had plenty of time to talk about I'm that sorry. at I'm
1: sorry. I, I just...
0: Uh, what were you going to say?
1: I want to talk about the fight scene with her on her motorcycle stuck in the... I'm really bad at like, naming construction vehicles. The
0: forklift the that was forklift picked up by the crane and the car. That was picked up by the
1: crane and the car. That was really cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, uh, another thing that I will give this movie points for are very decent action scenes.
1: Oh, so cool. And which... I'm not really into acting scenes action scenes but I really enjoyed them.
0: I feel like this movie at least felt refreshing because something that's really annoyed me about modern blockbusters and I'm not pointing fingers at any specific brand because this has become kind of a popular thing and I'm so thankful that John Wick has come out because I feel like it's undoing this is that they've adopted this like Rapid cutting within fight scenes to the point where honestly they're incoherent sometimes. Mm-hmm. You get the idea that action is happening, but it's happening so fast that you don't really process it, and you almost like. It's debatable if you need to process it, but, like, I want to process it. Right. I want to see things that are happening. Mm -hmm. So I would almost rather have a John Wick situation where things are happening slower, where I can, like, it almost feels painfully slow the way that things are happening so that I can see things unfolding rather than, you know, like, Spider-Man jumps, cut. Green Goblin flies in, cut, and then like, you know, like all these like quarter second scenes Mm -hmm. or not scenes, but quarter second shots that add up to really what amounts to two movements of action. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That being said, I thought that this movie felt very refreshing because it was still fairly rapidly paced, but at the same time, it was very coherent and the, size of the action pieces was phenomenal
1: yeah absolutely i mean they did not waste money uh the grenade scene that was great with the where she throws the grenade on the fat guy
0: big fatso (laughs) yeah yeah i mean (laughs) i love that in this future world they have Everybody's got like a, a very reasonable nickname mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. their character. Like her name is Barbara Kapetsky. barbed wire. Like you know that sounds like something that w- they would come up with in the military.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then we got Big Fatso, Big Fatso,
1: <laughs> and they went wrong.
0: And like her uh, her waiter sidekick, his name is Curly.
1: Which I mean, like he Udo had that Pierre.
0: he had that wig on for. A, s- a scene
1: that was a little weird, but that was odd. I mean, how cool is it that you have you know the guy from Frankenstein and Dracula in this movie?
0: I now a, a hill that I will die on is that Clint Howard and Udo Kier both automatically make any movie they're in better.
1: Agreed, agreed. Clint By Howard default. is like like. I don't know. I don't. He is a national treasure. He really is. That's a good way to put it.
0: You can't really say the name for, uh, say the same about Udo Kier because he's German, he's but a good actor. I mean, yeah, he's actually like a, a pretty good actor.
1: Mm-hmm. He's been in stuff.
0: Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you want to see some wild Udo Kier stuff, this is for our audience. Check out Paul Morrissey's Flesh for Frankenstein or Blood for Dracula. Mm. Great releases from Severin films and vinegar syndrome produced by Andy Warhol they were actually marketed as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein and Andy Warhol's Dracula did he have any involvement in them absolutely not can you tell i mean i i guess not but those are wild movies and Udo Kier gives it 200%
1: ah uh, i want to talk about spike spike yeah, uh, the the leader of the Rebels.
0: Oh, the, the weird voice. lady with the voice? Yeah.
1: I didn't like that choice. If I could change one thing about the movie, it would be for her not to have that voice.
0: I feel like you keep, like, you're running on, like, high-octane energy to, like, move from point to point of things I, you want to talk about. I'm sorry,
1: because, like, I have all these topics, and I just thought about Spike, and... I, I would I would not have chose the the voice changer.
0: Yeah, that was a very odd. For the most part, I mean, apart from like the retina scanners mm-hmm. and the weird red goggles that the the uh, director wear. Oh yeah, and the the memory machine. Apart from like a handful of like sprinklings of technology here and there, like this movie still even today, feels like the not-too-distant future, Mm -hmm. even though they slapped the 2017 date on it. Right. But then, in this odd choice of trying to make things seem futuristic, the leader of the resistance sounds like someone who has to talk with, like, a voice box, who's, like, you know, like, the people who had throat cancer...
1: Right, she apparently lost her voice box.
0: Yeah, but it's in like a hot topic like spiky metal choker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And good point cuz I'm that I w- that was dumb and I would I was glad that she was only in one scene.
1: Uh yes, but I wanted to bring her up because she is in an episode of Boy Meets World.
0: Oh, so now we gotta switch over to the Boy Meets World cast?
1: (laughs) She's also in an episode of Blue Cruise. I believe that was the name of it.
0: I think it's pronounced Blue's Clues.
1: No, 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 no. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) With Mario Lopez. So a little Say by the Bell. Oh, Pacific Blue. Sorry. Pacific Blue with Mario Lopez. So just a little tie into my Say by the Bell and uh, Boy Meets World shows.
0: Yeah. It's always a good day, I guess, when we can.
1: I like to connect my two favorite shows in the world to things like this.
0: Does that make this movie better in your eyes? Uh, That it has like a six degrees of separation with Boy Meets World? Absolutely. And Saved by the Bell?
1: Absolutely.
0: Anyways, for a movie made in the 90s, the final fight is spectacular. Yes. And yes, she gets her motorcycle smashed between a forklift and a car, picked up by a crane, and then she has to fight the bad guy, the leader of the directorate, while on top of this thing that's going around. And it's amazing.
1: It's amazing.
0: There are explosions. There's a. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. So obviously, being barbed wire she has her contingency plans for when things go belly up. Mm -hmm. In fact, things do go belly up because the director comes in and just says, all right, now here's another thing that we got to talk about for a second.
1: (laughs) See, it's so easy to get off on tangents with this movie.
0: (sighs) Something that I will never understand in movies is when the police or some authority group Mm -hmm. comes in and they need to, like, find something in this... Like, they're trying to find evidence that this person is up to no good. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They just destroy the place. Right. In what way is that an effective way to find something?
1: It is not.
0: Now, I get, in this instance, part of it was, we're gonna get back at you because we know that you're helping your ex-boyfriend, and we're gonna destroy your bar. But also, they are looking for the contact lenses, and... Just, like, why would you just destroy things? I feel like that would make it harder to find things. Right. Like, do the real police do that when they go into a house and they're like, we got to find drugs. Let me just throw everything if out of you're your closet.
1: destroy it just to, you know, like, get back at them, maybe you should find what you're looking for first and then destroy.
0: Right. Like, don't just, like, throw drawers out of like dressers and things like that and Mm -hmm. like just dump them out. What do you, what do you think if you flip it out fast enough, like the drugs or whatever is just (laughs) going to neatly fall on top? Like, no, you're just making it harder to find. Right. Right. So things go belly up with that. And her getaway vehicle is like, is a bus that's decked out with explosives and guns and cages and all this stuff. I and mean, I just want to know, great. It, it's awesome for the final fight, but I just want to know, like, what contingent, like, what did she think was going to happen where that's the vehicle that she uh, needed to get away with? Did you with? see
1: the world that she lived in? She picked the right vehicle.
0: Arguably, it would be better for her to just get away with her motorcycle.
1: Not if she had to take people with her. She knew she might have to take other people.
0: She gave the bar to Curly. I don't know. Who else in her life her brother. did she? Okay. She can't slap him on the back of a motorcycle?
1: No, that motorcycle is not big enough for two people.
0: Every motorcycle is arguably big enough for two people. In fact, I'm pretty sure at one point she had someone on the motorcycle with her, right?
1: She had the guy she was taking to get the bounty from.
0: Yeah. So, there.
1: No. He was hungover.
0: Uh, fun fact, I don't know if I said this before, but Pamela Anderson actually did a lot of her own stunts for this movie, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Except there is one point where I'm 99% sure it's a stuntman. Wearing it's that, a dress. Yeah, wearing a dress and a wig where uh, she saves that little girl at the beginning of the movie.
1: Did you like what she said when she did that? Did you ever see Batman?
0: Yeah, that was a weird line. Yeah. Because this movie posits that They still live in a world in which Batman came out in the 80s. (laughs) Right. So at some point between Batman being released in 1989, I think it was, and 2017, there was a second American World War. Yeah. Why was this war fought?
1: We still don't know.
0: We still don't know. Now, there are people online I just found out that are considering that back in 2016 when everybody thought the world was going to turn into some like Handmaid's Tale future uh, because of politics and whatnot, that they were evaluating this movie as like some kind of predictor of what the future was going to be. And uh, here we are almost six years later. And I don't see us in a second American world war.
1: You're speaking too soon.
0: <laughs> this is true. I mean, we haven't... Thankfully, we didn't need to go over go to war over vaccinations and masks because that You're would be... You're
1: speaking too soon. That would be
0: <laughs> a stupid reason for us to divide our country, but we're not here to talk about politics. <laughs> All I'm saying is that it's stupid to think that this movie was some kind of prediction of what would come But it's also still funny that Batman exists in this universe.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) That was my favorite part.
0: So, something else that I did want to talk about was I love pre-2008 comic book movies.
1: So good.
0: Well, because, like, no one knew what they were doing.
1: Right. And
0: there's just, like, there's just a certain flair to it. Like... You know, you got X-Men running around in leather. You got uh, the Incredibles, which was great. You got mm-hmm. Blade. It's like they adapted everything that wasn't really a superhero except for Batman and Superman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, yeah, you had the weird uh, canon films, Captain America and Doctor Strange and stuff. But, you know, we're not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> But it was like everybody wanted to adopt these or adapt these dark, cynical, R-rated comics like Spawn or, uh, well, not Flash Gordon, but uh, like Heavy Metal and things like that. And I just think that's so great because this movie in a weird sort of way almost does have that like 90s comic book adaptation feel to it. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like a lot of... It still is the same feel that like a lot of movies in the 90s had, which is that camp factor. Right. So is it because it's a comic book movie or is it because it was made in the 90s? I don't know. Hard to say. I was hoping that I would have like some really cool stuff to say about how like how far back the history of comic book movies have. But like, what's the point in talking about that? (laughs) It's not really relevant to like. It's not like because the shadow was released in nineteen forty five, and then, you know, fifty years later we got barbed wire.
1: Right. It's
0: probably no connection between the two.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
0: you have more things you want to talk about?
1: Um. No, I just I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Definitely should enjoy it with some popcorn, and. Just have fun with it. I mean, I, I really don't know why it didn't do well. I th- I think it had some really great fight scenes in it. I think that the acting uh, across the board from everyone in it was good. I thought the story was good. Uh, you might not understand exactly what's going on politics-wise in the city, but, I mean, I don't really think that matters because it's still just fun to watch.
0: Yeah. It kind of makes me feel good that we are on the same page, it seems, as Roger Ebert. Because he said, the filmmakers must have known they were not making a good movie, but they didn't use that as as an excuse to be boring and lazy. Barbed Wire has a high energy level and a sense of deranged fun. Two and a half stars.
1: I mean, that's pretty low.
0: He ranked it out of four stars.
1: That's pretty low. I would say if you're going to do four stars, I would say three, three and a half.
0: Yeah, I I would say three is fair. Mm Mm-hmm that's where i would rank it
1: yeah i thought it was a lot of fun
0: it's fun it's kind of sexy but like also kind of not in that like weird 90s thing Mm -hmm. it's there's good action but before we go on to talk about whether we think it deserves more credit caitlin do you want to hop over to your dating corner
1: Well, I don't have a lot of dating advice from this movie because the relationships in this movie were very confusing. Correct. I was not sure of her relationship with Axel, like exactly what was going on with that, but he was also married to Cora D, but I know that was for papers only.
0: He said it's... I thought he said it started for papers only.
1: See, I... I don't... But then she seemed really cool that they were, like, not upset that they were just kissing. Yeah. So I don't... I'm unsure about all the relationships in this movie.
0: I think... Now, this is, like, a small... Not necessarily even, like, a a complaint or, like, a critique. But I almost wish that it had gone harder on the Casablanca thing and kind of made it, like, a will-they-won't-they type thing. So that you can be devastated at the end when they don't.
1: Right. Right. Like in Casablanca.
0: Right. But I feel like her character was so, like you never really understood where her character stood on everything. Mm -hmm. I think it was just assumed that she was going to do the right thing at the end. Right. That like they didn't really give time for any of that. Mm -hmm. I really, actually one relationship I did like in the movie was her and Curly. Yeah. Like, you know, you get that idea that they've been together for a long time, doing the whole bar thing. There's no sexual chemistry there. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a boss employer, but he's not afraid to give her the business. Right. You know, it was great.
1: I, I did like their relationship. I, I wanted to talk about the psychological aspect to being in a time, apocalyptic time. Okay. And I just think of all these movies like, um, what was that guitar movie? Um,
0: Six six String Samurai. Yeah,
1: Six String Samurai, uh, Mad Max, uh, Barbed Wire. And I think about like, man, psychologically, that's got to be so traumatizing to... I mean, if you were born into this world, like, that's all you know, so it wouldn't be traumatizing. But if you and I, like, wake up tomorrow and it's, like, apocalyptic time, I was just, the whole time I was watching this movie, thinking about, like, man, I I would die so fast. So fast. And then I think about, like, where are the people today that would survive? Like, like, because I think you would die pretty fast. I mean thank you (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's the reality like we have no weapons we are not trained fighters we
0: no but I think I think the human desire to survive is surprisingly high
1: yeah but like even so like I have no fighting skills I get in one fight dead dead I have no fighting skills and I just want to know the people who like really thrive in this like where are they like, are they the crazy people who have like, like your, like your aunt who had like a million like food things the in her basement, preppers. the doomsday preppers. Exactly. Are they, are they those people? Are I those mean, people going to survive?
0: Pro- they'll, I mean, they'll last the longest perhaps. Right. Until people start trying to rob them.
1: Well, Right. Because they, they don't have the fighting skills. Like, I think about Murderville. That guy had a sweet underground bunker, but clearly no fighting skills. So he's going to die.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, if you can just kind of hunker down in the bunker until as it's long all as over, possible, Right. You know. Plus, uh, guns go a long way.
1: I know, but I don't have a gun. So I, I would not survive.
0: Well, that's why you got to go get one.
1: Right. So Day I can survive Apocalypse.
0: Steal guns. Day two, home alone your house.
1: See, I wouldn't even know where to steal guns.
0: From the gun stores.
1: I I don't know where a gun store is. Uh, Probably Google's not working at that point. That's true. I'm just, I'm dead. I just, I think I would give up. I think I'd take myself out.
0: The people who, the people like my dad who knew route numbers and maps. He might might be okay. Yeah. But like my dad wasn't very athletic, so you know, then you got to take that into and consideration. And he was
1: kind of blind, so he was
0: also <laughs> quite blind. So
1: I don't know. Maybe he could have given us the like tips of what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's the brains. <laughs> yeah, And we'll yeah. do all the other stuff. Yeah. Okay. That yeah that that could have worked out, but uh, now it won't.
1: Right. So now we're really screwed. Uh, so I was just thinking about the psychological aspect and like. I know your mind has to go into one of the three stages of flight, fright, or freeze, and I I go into freeze. That's that's my body's like coping skill is freeze, and right. so like that's not helpful. That is not helpful. I think yours is is fight. So you at least have that going for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I I guess I'd have to find out.
1: I think, I think from what I've seen you in traumatic events, it's fight.
0: Uh, well, uh, <laughs> so like both times I got punched in high school, mm-hmm. like my response wasn't to fight back. <laughs> it was just to yell, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then like angrily stare at them until they told me why. <laughs>
1: But you didn't. You see, you didn't fight, and that's not really a freeze response.
0: No. So but I, it's like, like
1: you had some fighting words. You didn't actually hit back, but you you fought back with your vocals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I think you might be you might be okay.
0: All right. Here's here's a really good question, though. Okay. All right. Like. Okay. Let's say you know, the, the the bad times come. I don't know. I was trying to think apocalyptic. of, Apocalyptic. Like, yeah, the apocalyptic times come. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, then we start referring to everything as the before four or right. whatever that is. Right. Uh, obviously, like, there are going to be new rules mm-hmm. and, like, society breaks down and, like, new versions of society are going to come up in their place. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like, a major rule of all of these movies, these worlds that are created, is like people take on new personas. Mm-hmm. So like what would your apocalypse wasteland like name be?
1: If I made it to even the point of getting another name.
0: I mean, I feel like that's like a day one thing you need to have ready. Like I'm going to
1: What was Brita's in community uh with the meow meow beans
0: i literally don't know oh (sighs) she had it was that was the same one where they found out she would only they can only hear her with the mustard on her face right right? Mm -hmm. i don't remember
1: she had some name and and i that's what i would pick
0: well uh that's kind of disappointing because i wouldn't remember what it is now I'm going to have to look it up. What we, what? Okay, come up with one for me while I'm Googling this. I am beginning to think that she did not have one. But, I mean, uh, it could be. Right. Um, oh, they just called her Britta, because that's what all the posters were that they hung up all over the place.
1: I guess that'd be mine then. Britta. All hail
0: the one true five. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I want to be the one true five. That's what I want to be.
0: But, like, how does that... Tie into you in the future because, like, I
1: might be like, I might have all the good stuff.
0: The one true five, yeah. Okay, I guess. I mean, if that, if you can make it work for you,
1: like, I might be the person that everyone goes to to get stuff. Like, I want to be the getter person, like the person that they can come to and I can get them anything.
0: Real talk. When I was watching this movie, I thought that Big Fatso kind of had a big thing going on or a good thing going on. So, mm-hmm. like, if that was my fate in the apocalypse, like, I go for it. Call me Big Fatso. <laughs> or maybe I'd say, like, Big Papa so that I could have, like, a Biggie reference.
1: Well, Nigel, I'm here to, to uh, save the day. You're welcome. There is a website for this purpose
0: oh goodness of course there's a website for this <laughs>
1: uh, it's called fantasy name generators you can generate different types of names so I put in the apocalypse mutant name generator okay and uh, I search for male names okay all right so here are the options they gave for you okay long shot pyro imp Elsewhere, Triclops, Aid, Cinders, Puzzle, and Gadget.
0: I'm like 99% sure that half of those are X-Men names (laughs) and the other (laughs) half are rejected (laughs) (laughs) X-Men (laughs) names.
1: Would you like to hear the female names? Uh, Sure. Trace, Violet with a Y, Flower, Snail. Dust, Witch, Siren, Cascade, Dancer, Tinder.
0: So (laughs) the boy names all sound like X-Men names. And the girls sound like if the X-Men were also made in the flower child. (laughs) So there
1: you go. You're welcome.
0: All right. Well, that is good to know. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to toss out about this wonderful movie?
1: It's a great movie. Everyone should watch it. If you don't, then you are dumb.
0: One thing that we didn't talk about that I just kind of wanted to point out. Did you ever notice that when they were in a dark room, how it looked like the light was specifically shining on her face to like highlight her eyes? Yes. I thought that was hilarious. I laughed. Because like half the time she had hair in her face. So Mm -hmm. it's like, where are the eyes at? Uh, That is all I have to say about this movie. This is a great movie. Great movie. Anyone who says that this is not a good movie.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I would not trust their opinion on movies. Here's why. Is this movie Oscar worthy? Trying to be relevant since the Oscars just happened. No, but similar to the Roger Ebert quote, they made the movie earnestly. The acting's not bad. The action's really cool. Mm -hmm. The plot, pretty good. The world that they come up with, pretty good. There's nothing to not like about this movie unless you just don't like fun movies. And that's the thing is that this movie was intentionally trying to be fun and it was fun. Is there some kind of crazy social commentary in there? I mean, if you want to read into it, yeah. And, I mean, usually there, you know, you can pull a lot of things out of the subtext. Like, you know, clearly this movie is a warning against Trump's America that came and went without turning into this movie. (laughs) Uh, What am I trying to say?
1: This movie's amazing and you should watch it. Yeah,
0: this is an incredible movie. We watched this movie... 24 hours later, I had bought it, and it is on my shelf.
1: It came? Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, so
0: exciting. Gotta love Amazon. So, check this movie out. Honestly, I told Caitlin after this movie ended, this movie is now in my top five favorite bad movies.
1: I think it might be going on my list.
0: We've done a terrible job of updating the list. I'll see what I can do after this to see if I can get them updated. Do it. But, as it stands my top five chopping mall killer workout blood diner barbed wire spookies not in any particular order
1: i have to look at my list to see where i would put this one but uh it's it's definitely going in the top 10
0: that is good to know final thoughts
1: go watch this movie
0: yeah, go watch this movie. It is worth it. Especially if you if you have to pay the three ninety-nine rental fee like we did. Thank you for listening. As always, we encourage you to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never have to miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Twitter at journey into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to T and check out some sweet merch links are available in the show notes and as always never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong isn't that right babe
1: don't call me babe